0: all
1: right so we are continuing our discipleship training i pray that some folks been learning some stuff I pray that we have some prospective disciples that may
0: come out of this amen
1: so we're continuing on with our discipleship training and we're going to start off with our precursor as we should have as we should do all the time and that is the world of scripture you know god gave me this little poem for such a time as this you know and it says welcome to my world a place where the natural eyes can't see where your physical bodies can't be where the last is first the first is last the end is told from the beginning and when it appears as though one is losing they're actually winning where trumpets are depicted as voices, and the persecuted righteous don't complain but actually rejoice. Here, swords are likened to the word, a demon's a bird, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a tu- it's a place where in the humble is depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place in the awesome world of scripture. So, please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen, for the Rock is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah! Yeah. All right. So we are about to enter into the world of scripture, and so this is what the discipleship course is all about. And I say that, you know, to remind everyone of that. You know that this is a discipleship course, and it is, of course, a course to help make ye a disciple. A disciple is a learner, a student amen so that said it is not a course to teach you everything in the word or help you understand everything in the word it's a course to help you be able to learn everything you want to know from the word amen everybody follow me on that you know i'm trying to equip the to be
0: able to study on your own.
1: Which is what it means to be a disciple. Amen? You know, and to understand the essence of what Yahshua came to teach us, that we might properly follow him. You know, so, you know, that's my objective. You know, and, you know, once that's done, you know, once you, you you understand essentially what Yah, Yahshua has taught us and what he wants us to do, you know, then, you know, you should be good on your own. You have the tools, you know, you can, you can, you can learn whatever you want to learn. Once, once you have, once you have the tools, you know, once you have the keys, once you have the know-how, amen, you know, so I just want, I just felt like I need to put that out there you know, so that everyone understands the objective, you know. Um, otherwise, you know, they may think they should, you know, be receiving something that ultimately I'm not trying to give, you know, but I am trying to equip everyone so that they'll be able to understand the word, you know, on a much better in a much better way and be able to actually do some digging themselves all right that said we're talking about the call of avram you know and you know that precursor is much needed because Abram is whoo yeah he all that um, huge huge figure in scripture right you know uh and there's it's so much that can be said about him you know that uh I'm not going to try to exhaust it, you know, but there's a lot there. And that's the thing, you know, the word is infinite. It's it's so much. It's so much. Uh, you know, once you begin to see this stuff, you just see it, see stuff everywhere. And it's just like, yeah, there's no
0: way you can just. pack it all in a
1: nice little little neat package within you know um 45 to 60 minutes right
0: yeah.
1: you know so we got into the call of abram last week and we spoke about you know um went went through uh verses one through nine and we spoke about how it's how it spoke to someone uh, Going on a journey, you know, and even as we saw Ivan going on a journey, but you know, it can, you know, it also, you know, spoke to how his path is the same path that we must take, you know, uh, and so we see that we have to leave home, or we saw that we had to leave home, right? We had to we had to leave from the land of our fathers. You know, we had to start traveling towards the kingdom of Elohim. In along the way, we're gonna find ourselves in some high points, and you know, uh, the name of of one of those high points was Haran, and we talked about how, you know. Abraham and his family
0: stayed there. They were mountaineers and how, you know, they were, they were upperclassmen, if you would, you know.
1: And how his travels into the kingdom of Elohim will require him to become humbled and to go to the lower, low places of the earth. You know, to be humbled, to be brought down, to be brought low. And we talked about how, you know, that journey, you know, in is a type of journey to worship, to making thyself low or humble before Yah, you know, which is a picture, spiritual picture of the land of Canaan, you know, a land of humility a land of submission, you know, where you would pick up a burden, you know, that burden was, uh, was found at Sikkim, which meant neck, where you stick your neck out to receive your burden. We spoke about the burden representing the word, you know, everybody remember all this? Mm -hmm. All right, so I don't have to finish recap, right? I I went through just about all of it, honest, a little left, but, you know, let's get into Genesis 12:10. We left off at 9, so we're going to pick it up with 10. You know, so here it is. You know, he's still in the land of Canaan, Abram is. And what we have here um in verse 10 it says, and there was a famine in the land. All right. So, how about that? Y'all told him to leave from um, you know, from his people where he was, you know, he was uh, an upper classman, if you would, a mountaineer. He was high on the hog. He was he was he was uh, a leader, you know, uh, the city's named after his brother. You know, so here it is. We see him on high, but now he's coming down, you know, came down to the land of Cain and land of humility. and lo and behold, Yah causes a famine to be in the land. Ha. Okay. Now, first and foremost, I want you to recognize, you know, and and where he is. You know, can anybody tell me where he is? No. What was that? He's in Canaan. And Canaan represents what? Kingdom of Elohim. The kingdom of Elohim. So what I want you to see is I want you to see that there was a famine
0: in the kingdom of Elohim. You know,
1: in the worldly part of the kingdom of Elohim. You know, we know that from the word Eretz, which is translated land It's number 776. We know it's not talking about the ecclesia because that would be. Adam. Adama, Adama, um, number one twenty-seven. You know, so, um, so, so, yeah. It's it's important, you know, to keep up with that. Okay, so, you know, he says there's a famine in the land. So I just want to focus on this famine because you know you run into famines throughout the word amen especially the early part of the word you run you run into running you know it's, it's always a famine in the land you know and so it's a lot of stories you know centered around famine but I, what i want you to know and understand is the spiritual aspect of what a famine is it's found in uh deuteronomy uh chapter eight verses two and three You know, um, let me have my first reader read Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 3, Matthew 4 and 4 and Amos chapter
0: 8, verse 11. Deuteronomy
2: 8, 2 and 3. And thou shalt remember all the way which Yahuwah thy Elohim led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Yahuwah doth man live. Matthew 4.4 But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Elohim. Amos 8, 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Adonai Yehua, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of Yehua.
1: Hallelujah. So let it be written, so let it be done. You know, here it is. We see in Deuteronomy, 8.3. Yah says now that he humbled
0: Israel and suffered him to hunger. Now,
1: seeing that, we know what he was doing with Abraham. Because we know he doesn't do anything differently. He's Yahuwah. He changes not, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so we know that he's the cause of famines. Amen? Anybody agree with that? He the one who brings famines about. You know, now, remember, you know, this is why I just went over that narrative to show you that Abram went from his high place in Haran to a place of humility in Canaan. And now he's confronted with a famine.
0: <clears throat> Yah says
1: that with his people, he humbles the. He humbles them by suffering them to hunger. <clears throat> so can 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 you see that this famine came? That Abram might be humbled, and he's humbling him by suffering suffering him to hunger by bringing a famine in the land you know so that he'll learn just like Israel would have to learn just like you and I will need to learn that he make a, that he might make to know that men do if not live by bread bread only but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Yahuwah, doeth man live. Amen? You know, and so we have a second witness to this by our Messiah, Yahshua. He said, uh, he uh, quoted this, you know, as a reminder to Israel that, hey, we're supposed to be living by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of Elohim. So that said, I want you to think about that for a minute. That said,
0: how does he bring a famine
1: about? A famine is, first of all, maybe everybody don't know what a famine is, but a famine is actually a shortage of food, right? You know, so If he brings about a famine, what is there a shortage of? The word of Elohim. Can you see that? You know, that's important to see. You know, there's a shortage of the word of Elohim. You know, so whenever you see a famine, you should be thinking there's a shortage of the word. You know, this is what Amos is talking about in chapter eight, verse 11, or what Yah is talking about. You know, he said, again, he'll send a famine. But he lets you know, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of Yahuwah There's a famine for the word of Elohim. And so this is important to note because for a long time we've been in a famine
0: you know but Yah
1: is beginning to pour forth his word you know so let it hereby be established that when scriptures speak of famine i.e. a shortage of food it is actually speaking of a shortage of the word of Elohim therefore when we read here in genesis twelve ten that there was a famine in the land we're to understand that abram didn't have enough of the word and he didn't have enough of the word in the world he didn't have enough of the word in the kingdom of elohim the worldly part of the kingdom of elohim you know or the part that he was in you know there wasn't enough of the word of elohim
0: you know so Here it is.
1: Because there's not enough of the word of Elohim, he has to go and find some food. He has to go and find some word of Elohim. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Is that clear? I pray it's clear. You know, because I'm 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 going somewhere with
0: this. All right. So
1: it next says an album went down into mitzrayim okay the word egypt is mitzrayim number 47 um 14 speaks to upper and lower egypt okay you know so mitzrayim you know um, uh, that's what we want to focus in on you know i want you to consider genesis 37 28 you know uh Genesis forty two three Genesis forty three fifteen Genesis forty six twenty six Matthew Yahoo two thirteen Genesis forty one fifty seven My next reader please
2: Genesis thirty seven twenty eight Then they are passed by Midianites merchantmen. and they drew and lifted up Yosef out of the pit and sold Yosef to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver and they broke brought Yosha to Mitzrayim, Genesis 42.3. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Mitzrayim, Genesis 43.15. And the men took that present, and they took double money in their hand, and Benjamin and rose up and went down to Mitzrayim and stood before Yosef, Genesis 46.26. All the souls that came with Yaakov into Mitzrayim, which came out of his loins, besides Yaakov's sons, wives, all the souls were threescore and six. Matthew 2.13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel, the Adonai, appeared to Yosef in in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Mitzrayim, and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod seek the young child to destroy him genesis 41 57 and all countries came into mitzrayim to Yosef for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all the lands
1: hallelujah okay so what i want you to see is that abram went, went to mitzrayim joseph went to mitzrayim benjamin went to mitzrayim you know jacob went to mitzrayim all the souls That came from Yaakov went to Mitzrayim. Mm -hmm. You know, the Messiah, he went into Mitzrayim. All the countries, you know, in in the land, in the known world at that time, you know, went into Mitzrayim (laughs) when there was famine. Can you see that? Yeah. So, from what we went over thus far, what would you think? mitzrayim represent place
0: without word a place without what without the word place without the word anyone else what was that Uh,
1: one more time Defense. defense who are they defending oh like a safe haven okay
0: against what Okay. Okay, I could roll with that. Not what I'm looking for, but anyone else? What was the question?
1: Say that again. Place with food. A place with food. A place with what? A A place with the word. So
0: what does Egypt represent? Place to have the word. The place of the word Now, this is, but why Egypt? Why does Egypt represent the place where the word is? To better understand,
1: let's let's look at Egypt geographically. So here's a map of of the region. Now, canaan is right up right up uh, right up in here actually this is israel right here you know all the all of this is actually israel so this is canaan you know um and this is israel all up in here all right so
0: now all of this is egypt Now, you see, like,
1: there's two huge bodies of water. You know, um, you have this here, which uh, Israel, uh, you know, was on the shore of. And then you have the the Red Sea. This is actually the Mediterranean Sea. And so this is the uh, Red Oreeb Sea right here. Okay. And like, off over here, you know, um, it looks much like this. You know, now there's a lot of little rivers, a lot of rivers and, you know, little rivers and stuff up up through here. But when you have a drought,
0: those rivers dry up. You understand?
1: Now, the only water that would be left would be that in the Mediterranean and in the Red Sea. But the problem with that water is what? it's salty exactly so can you grow crops with that no absolutely not so how are you going to irrigate your crops you have to dig underground either you dig underground and get a well or they're gonna die hits a famine in the land amen Mm -hmm. make sense Water represents what? Right. So when the truth dries up, there's a famine in the land. It brings about a famine in the land. Can you see that? All right. So
0: now you see the landscape. Now can you tell me why everyone goes to Egypt when there's a famine
1: nile river absolutely because of the nile river the mm-hmm. nile river is the longest river in the world hmm. you know arguably some people are trying to say now they're coming down saying you know the amazon may be a little longer you know for the last several hundred years, the Nile River was known to be the longest river in the world. So we're gonna say arguably <laughs> it's the longest river in the world. Okay. Um now, rivers represent what? Anyone remember?
0: Truth from on high.
1: Truth from on high. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Now, so we have the longest stretch of truth from on high. Hmm. Going right up through where right. Raheem. now do you see why all of y'all's people had to go to Egypt. Mm-hmm. well ninety nine percent of them anyway, you see how why they all had to um go most of them had to go to Egypt and be brought out of Egypt. they had to go to where the truth from on high was you you understand Mm -hmm. you know and so yes the nile river represents the truth so even when there's famine you still have food in mitzrayim because they have the largest body of fresh uh, water in the area and the nile don't dry up You know, so even in the worst of famines, as you can see, it's a huge river. It doesn't dry up, you know, and it overruns every year. So even, you know, during years where there's drought, there still is going to be food in Mitzrayim. Now, can you see why, you know, they all go to Mitzrayim? Now, can you see how Mitzrayim represents the truth from on high? I'm praying that this makes sense to you. You know, because it it should it should make sense. You should be able to see how it it interconnects. You know, it fits together like Legos, perfectly, like puzzle pieces you know and if you, if you have a piece out of place it's not gonna fit you know so you know i'm I'm praying that everyone can see this you know because mitzrayim plays a huge part in scripture does it not you know so it really helps to understand what it represents now it represents the truth and this is this the, and this is indeed but what I want you to understand is it represents the truth, the, the letter of the truth. Let's put it that way. It represents the letter of the truth.
0: Now, the letters represent
1: what? The letters make up words, you know, words make up sentences, sentences make up paragraphs, you know. But these words, they represent what? Container? Containers, absolutely. You know, and so Misraim represents the truth, but it represents the letter of the truth, the container of the truth. You know, and so this is what they go to Misraim to get, these containers, the container of the truth. They They get all this truth, but it's in the containers and they may or may not know how to get into the containers and the same thing goes on with us now today we go to mitzrayim every time we open our bibles Mm -hmm. and we eat and drink we eat of what was produced by this nile river and we drink From the water of the Nile River. When we take the word in. The word from from our scriptures. But they are containers. And if we don't know how to unlock the containers. And get what's within. Then we're still. Going to be doomed in the long run. Everybody still with me. Everybody understand that? I pray that that makes sense. Because the letter killeth, but the spirit or the Ruach brings life, right? You know, so if all we have is the letter, then we're still destined to meet our demise.
0: I pray that that, that,
1: that's sinking in for some folks, you know, and pray that you can see what Mizraim represents, you know, because it's is 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 huge. So when you see folks go to Miss Raim, go to Egypt, the thing that should come to your mind. From this point on, when you see Egypt, you should think
0: The truth But the letter of the truth, the letter of the truth, the natural truth, if you would. You know, truth come in three variations.
1: the natural, the spiritual, and the heavenly, if you Mm would. Another way of putting it is
0: the holy, the
1: the holier and the most holy. Another way of putting it, out of court, in a court, holy of holies. You know, Mitzrayim represents, represents that natural truth that literal
0: truth that the letter entails not what's what's contained within the letters just the containers themselves
1: you know so uh this will be huge as you know we go on and we look at other aspects of of scripture where Mm -hmm. Egypt is involved because Egypt is involved all over the place in scripture, you know, it's yeah, pretty big deal. Mm Kind of like those pyramids, you know, and this big gigantic sphinx, you Mm -hmm. know, that's been there forever that no one knows how they got there, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it is definitely evident of the truth, you know,
0: yeah, so
1: 1210 also says that he goes, that Abraham goes there to sojourn there, you know, now we spoke about, you know, traveling and sojourning last week, who can tell me what to, um, to travel to and sojourn in a place represents? Say again right. to learn, absolutely, absolutely, to learn to be instructed. So, can you see that Abram, you know, went into the word to be instructed? Mm-hmm. Makes sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Don't you go in the word to be instructed? Don't you go into the word to
0: learn? Yeah. You know.
1: i love the word it's it's yasel. you know all right so then it talks about for the famine was grievous was grievous in the land now this word grievous is kabod and it means to be heavy so if something has become too heavy for you then it, it it becomes too much of a burden Amen. And so, since the famine was too grievous in the land, it was too heavy. So the lack of truth became burdensome. The lack of truth in the worldly part, you know, of Canaan, or in the world of Canaan, if you would, you know, became burdens and the reason i say the worldly part is because even as yahshua taught the kingdom of heaven has wheat and tares you know and the wheat represents the children of, of the uh, kingdom but the tares are the children of the wicked one right you know so there is a worldly part of the kingdom of of, of elohim pray pray that y'all can can see that and you know, that makes sense, you know, um, you know, because I'm, you know, I say things a certain way for a reason, you know, and I just want everyone to understand. All right, you know, so it got to be just too much, you know, too burdensome. So had to go get some more truth. You know, the lack of truth was too burdensome, so he had to go get some more truth, had to go get some some more word you know because couldn't stay there no longer with Fabian, was starving and so of course he goes to egypt genesis 12 11 through 13 goes on to say and it came to pass when he was come near the inner into mizrayim that he said unto Sarai, his wife, behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it should come pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me. For they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. Now, can you yet see that this is a depiction of the exalted father descending from the kingdom of heaven with his bride, hmm. i.e., the priesthood of Melchizedek? But unlike Sarah, who said her husband was her brother that he might live, they said her husband, they said their husband was their husband, their lord, their king, their master. Hence, they killed him.
0: I pray everybody can see that. That's all I have for you. Pray it was a blessing.